Jason Sensation. Welcome back to the shoot, brother. How are you? Thanks for having me back, GC. I'm okay. Thank you very much. How you doing? I'm doing terrific. And let me introduce you because the last time you were on the show, real quick, I want to introduce you to my co-host because he was not a part of the show last time you were here. Say hello, Jason, to Chris. He is my co-host. Chris, how's it going, brother? I'm doing good, Jason. How you doing, man? I'm okay. No complaints. Thank you awesome. very much. Thanks to Mick Foley. I know, man. Saving Look, my life. Let's get Saving into that. Saving my life, this guy. Let's this guy. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. He's, he's a guardian angel of human beings. I mean, the guy has just really, like, really, really reached down and helped me, like, pulled me out of that pit. You remember Rocky Five? Yes. When, uh, mm-hmm. when Mick, Mickey says to Rocky, you know, some people, some people, uh, they die when they don't want to live no more. But, <laughs> but you give me the reason to go on. That's how I feel with Mick. It's like he's really like sent me out a lifeboat in life and just, I don't know what I would be doing right now without him. He's just really helping me out a lot. Now, where are you guys at tonight? Because you told me uh, yesterday you guys are doing a gig tonight together. Where are you guys at tonight? We're, we just got here now, Little Montreal. We're in, in Sudbury, Ontario at Little Montreal. We got two shows here. Very, very nice. So is this, uh, I mean, maybe it's early to tell, but I mean, how many shows are you going to be doing with Mick? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. I guess, uh, I guess when he's on his Canadian side of the world tour, that's when he'll call me and get me on the show. It's like, just to tell the backstory, about 15, 16 years ago, he told me, Jason, one day I'm going to have a stage show. And when I do, I want to have Stone Cold on the show and I want to have you playing Stone Cold. I don't know when it happens, but when it does, I'm going to find you. And lo and behold, I got a tweet from him a couple of years ago. He said, here it is. I told you I'd come find you. It's like 13 years after. Like, are you, like, just unbelievable what a good man to remember me. Like, when no one else in the world, it seemed, had remembered me, you know? Yeah, so, man. Uh, yeah, man. What a great guy. You know, I've been dealing with, you know, a lot of mental issues and depression and things. And just trying to, you know, defeat the demons and, you know, rise through it all and, uh, I got to say that Mick's been really helping with that huge. Yeah. I'm the last time we talked and, and forgive me, I don't remember the month, but I know it was somewhere like spring, early summer last year. I know you were, you had mentioned to me that, you know, cause the first time we talked, you know, seven, eight years ago, I mean, you were kind of going through some rough stuff. We were kind of bringing up some old stuff, but then when we talked last year, you had kind of made it clear that things were going a lot better. So I can only imagine that now things are even more better than, than ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, w- I would love to say that, but uh, that's the thing. It's a constant struggle with mental illness. It just, uh, it's something you're constantly dealing with every day. I think what I was trying to say last year was that a lot of my uh, anger issues and like the bipolar, you know, flip outs I've had in the past, like on my first interview on the shoot, those kind of things, that anger has, yeah. has, uh, subsided a lot and I, I've realized and learned the hard way that you know airing out your dirty laundry on the internet or social media is going to do nothing but burn bridges for you and that's what it's done for me so I could give any advice out to anyone is just to uh, <laughs> keep your problems to yourself you know 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I could agree with you. I mean, there's times, you know, we all tend to, to do that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Jason, I've gone on this show, or even Chris have gone mm-hmm. on this show. Like when we used to have, uh, like for instance, the last time you were on this show, we were on a different network. We were having some drama over there, and Definitely. that temptation to want to talk about it and get it out, and it only created nothing but problems. Unfortunately, now for us, we're in a better place and things are great. Yeah. But I can understand what, where you're where you're coming from. Where you're talking about, yeah. you know, all so many years ago, how that can definitely harm, you know, you know, harm things. So I, I understand clearly, definitely. Yeah. So absolutely. So you're so you're doing this show with Mick tonight, and one of the reasons uh, that I definitely wanted to, you know, get you on with us today, you were tweeting yesterday about uh, Daniel Bryan, and I know that <laughs> we briefly touched into this window about talking about you guys. The last time, I mean, very briefly, I think we mentioned it almost in passing, but a lot of things have changed now, Jason. He is, by all accounts, going to probably win the World Wrestling Entertainment Championship of the world next week, Jason. How do you feel about that? I am so ecstatic. Like, you know, I know it's an overused statement, but honestly, it really couldn't happen to a better person. Yeah. Um, uh, like uh, when I when he was 19 years old and we were together in uh, in Memphis and I was managing him, even then he was such a modest, you know, um, down to earth, good hearted, kind soul human being, and uh, not to mention the best. Even then, the one of the best wrestlers in the business, and now I'll even go as far as to say the best. I'll actually put Brian Kendrick up there with him and say, I think those two are the best wrestlers in the business today. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm so proud of him. Um, I'm so ecstatic. I, like probably most of everybody, didn't see it coming. Right. But uh, I'm, I'm, I just couldn't be happier for the guy. It couldn't happen to a better person. He's such a good man. What do you? What's your take on the road that he has taken in the last year? Just in terms of you know, from a booking sense of you know, it seemed like WWE was not really sure quite that they wanted to go all the way with him. They kind of you know gave it to him, yanked it back a little bit, and they've kind of been on this bumpy ride. And the fans really kind of became louder and louder, and they made it clear that they wanted this guy as the top dog. Talk a little bit about that road from SummerSlam to now and your thoughts on how they've handled uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, well, it's, I guess I could go back to that statement I just said where I say I, I didn't see it coming. Right. And it's because out of those students, uh, Lance K, God rest his soul, Shooter Schultz, uh, Brian Kendrick, and uh, Dragon, uh, Daniel Bryan, um, I thought that Daniel Bryan had the, the, the his character and persona and on the mic was not going to get over as much as the other guys. And I was worried for that part, that he was such a kind, um, quiet, down-to-earth, a guy who didn't speak a lot. Right. I thought that it was it was going to be hard for him to get over in the business in that sense of it. And uh, I think I was seeing that over the year where it seemed that he had gotten everyone behind them, but they still saw that. They still saw that he, maybe his character wasn't enough. So I do believe that they were trying to, you know, keep him at a mid-card or almost main status, but not be that man, just have an extra top guy but yeah I gotta say that he stuck with it and the fans stuck with it I'm so proud of him because that kind like it can get you down when everybody's not behind you 
and uh, nothing ever got him down. And it's even like he, this can, you know, I can say this about his whole career that this is what he wanted to do. This is what he loves. And he just kept going and he, he never stopped. And like, I think that's what happened. Like, you know, like you just said there, the fans basically uh, told the company and with the fact that this guy just kept going and going and going and wouldn't stop. It's like, they couldn't deny it. And it's almost like he's him and the universe, the WWE universe have uh, changed things into their favor. Right. It, quick follow-up, because I know Chris has got a question. I just wanted to, to jump in real fast. You know, it's he kind of strikes me, and tell me if this kind of fits to what you know about Daniel Bryan, of the kind of guy who doesn't want to rock the boat. He doesn't want to cause trouble. He's not like these stars from the from the mid-90s that, you know, are causing trouble with management and, you know, raising a fit. He really seems like the kind of guy that would just, you know, they would tell him, hey, this is what we got for you, and he would go for it. Does that seem pretty accurate to you? Yeah, good point there. Well said. He, yeah, he definitely... Uh, He's a businessman, and he's he's there to do the job. And yep, nothing, and there's there's nothing he wouldn't do. And yeah, I totally agree with that statement. Cool, awesome. Hey, hey, Jason, uh, you talked about how you didn't see it coming with uh, Daniel Bryan, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of switch gears a little bit. And it's been you know on all the dirt sheets, it's been all over the internet. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's the uh, the whole situation surrounding CM Punk and okay. him supposedly walking out. Um, I know a lot of people said they didn't see it coming. Uh, some people may have seen, you know, the smarts may, you know, on these dirties may have seen it coming. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on CM Punk supposedly uh, taking his ball and going home for whatever reason, whether it's injury or uh, creative direction or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I, I guess um, you know, my heart goes out to him, and uh, I, like I can see that it might be rubbing the company the wrong way, but. I think he reached a point physically that, you know, he, he needed a break. And I, I don't know, I, honestly, I gotta say that I feel like, uh, they, they did drop the ball a little bit with him after the, the whole pipe bomb thing. It seemed like he was just like the number one guy. And it seemed like, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of when Brett was the heel and then they made Sean the heel and it didn't make sense what Brett was doing anymore. Right. It, it, mm-hmm. it reminded me of that over that year. His, like the end of his tenure as the face champion, he was like a mid carter. They were putting him out, and it was just like all his heat he had. It seemed that they killed it, and uh, and then he was with Heyman, and it's almost like his character kept being changed around to uh, make other things work, like The Rock and Cena and things of that nature. Right. It. I just felt like I feel like he had it then. He had it when he dropped that pipe bomb, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they could have rode that out better and they didn't. And I think he's reached a point now when he saw Batista coming and everything. It was just like, I don't know. Like maybe he feels that, you know, he had that moment and they didn't do it. Now what's the point anymore? He's, you know, he's spent and he's tired and, you know, maybe I'll go home and let, let, let's see what Batista can do, you know? Yeah, and yeah. He, here's uh-huh. here's here's a really tough question. I'm I'm gonna throw your way and and do your best to take it. And this is also something that I want the great readers of the shootonline.com and the listeners of us here on More Like Radio to uh, digest a little bit as well. So you know you're obviously a big fan of Daniel Bryan. You've come up with him. You know him pretty well. Uh, you know if CM Punk had been able to have the big one and headline 
uh, WrestleMania. Is that enough, you know, to make it okay if Daniel Bryan didn't get the main event? I mean, in other words, what would you rather have? Would you rather have CM Punk finally get the main event spot this year or have Daniel Bryan finally get his moment? What's the greater thing there, Jason? Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say that, um, like like we were talking about, nothing's going to stop this. N- nothing's going to stop Daniel Bryan. And uh, this is his time now. And uh, um, I really hope that they, um, well, it's obvious that they are going to now. It looks like it, that they're going to go with what should be done. But, yeah, no, I would definitely w- would rather have this continue to go as it's going. Sure. And I feel that CM Punk's, uh, if I could have changed anything, I would have changed it last WrestleMania. Yeah. And I feel like that, like, on maybe the ball was dropped a little bit, you know, and I don't want to stand here in the judgmental seat, like, I know better, but, you know, in hindsight, of course, which is 2020, yeah. I feel that the drop was, bo- the ball was dropped on him a little bit, and, uh, more than a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> definitely. And I feel like they missed a, they missed the boat. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and it's too bad. I mean, because if he, you know, let's just say hypothetically, he would have kept that title reign going, I mean, all the way to Mania, and then he would drop it to somebody. I mean, that would have been, I think, far better than him and Undertaker. And I say that only because that build with Undertaker, it really wasn't the best. I mean, the match ended up doing fine, but, you know, half the half the part of of it is getting there. You know, the build is what gets people excited. I mean, my God, if you've got a great match and nobody's there to see it, did it really happen? Is it really a good match? And I mean, yes, there was 80,000 people there. Let's not make any mistake. I was there, but I'm just saying, you know, the buildup is what gets people excited. Then you deliver with a good match. And I think that the buildup for that, you know, and with Paul Bear, unfortunately passing, um, it just, it just yeah, seemed a little off. Bad. It just seemed a little off to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll agree. And, 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 uh, I don't know. I think honestly without, and this is sad to say, uh, man, he was such a good friend of mine and, he was a really good man, Paul Bear. God rest his soul. And you know, sad that he's gone. And just a little shout out to his family. And you know, it's it's sad we lost him. But I gotta say that you know, without you know uh, instilling that into the angle, I think it would have been a lot less, you know, even more. You know. Yeah, they were kind of in a tough mm-hmm. spot. And I, I think that, uh, you know, in hearing uh, Paul Bear in interviews, he seemed like the kind of guy who probably would have been completely fine with it like I don't think that he would have been bothered by it just based on the very little I know about him just hearing him in interviews he seemed like the kind of guy that might have gone for it but yeah I mean yeah yeah, I I agree yeah if they if they didn't have that I mean then really you know they wouldn't have had much else so it's tough it's a tough spot yeah big time that seemed to really sell it for me honestly yeah but uh yeah definitely um you know who is some of the uh, who are some of the stars that you've been able to see and keep in touch with uh, since your time with the company? Who have you uh, seen or talked to recently besides uh, Mick Foley? Um, honestly, I guess uh, yeah, Mick and Brett are the only ones I've really, really kept in touch with. People that are still like you know pretty much with the company, and yeah. uh, I think it's still to this point just Mick and Brett. You know, Daniel Bryan and I tweeted each other a couple times last year, and. That's basically the most of how I've kept in touch with him. But uh, there's also guys that aren't with the Fed that were before, like uh, Brian Kendrick and Paul London. Right. We, mm-hmm. we reconnected. We reconnected last year, which is really, really great. Kendrick and I were honestly best friends, like best buddies, and it, it was really great to reconnect with him and Paul London. And 
when we did, we even had it like, let's do it, let's go back, let's try to get back on Daniel Bryan's fame. It was more me saying it to them than uh, yeah. <laughs> So we put out that, that stupid promo we put on the internet to try to, you know, just get a laugh out. Could you imagine, though, if Daniel Bryan called you up and said, hey, look, Jason, I got this crazy idea. Why don't we have you just running down the stage going, yes, 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 like a maniac. You know, like I could imagine you, Jason, kind of in that vein of the of the Owen Hart impersonation, but totally different, but like kind of in that vein of excitement and energy. Like if you're charging down to the ring, yes, yes, yes. He'd be be championing the yes movement. I would love to see that. We could, you know, you could be like the yes movement president, you know, come down, they could put a beard on you. Maybe they could dress you up like Brian. Like like a full-on campaign. That would be awesome. No, totally. You know, I'd I'd go for that, of course, at the drop of a dime. <laughs> I would I would love to see that. Seriously, Chris, I'm sitting here thinking about this now. Like, this just came on the fly, and I'm like, if they could get Jason out there, because I'm going to Mania this year, and if Jason, oh, awesome, man. yeah, dude, if if Jason ran down on the stage dressed up like Daniel Bryan, chanting "Yes" <laughs> at the top of his lungs, I would pop so hard for that. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That and, would be and, the, and the funny, the funny thing is, is I was uh, I had the network, the WWE network, on the other day, and I saw the uh, they had the best of Raw when uh, you, you know, you were out there with DX and do, doing the, the Nation impression, which I thought was just the absolute funniest thing. You, you're awesome. out there dressed Thank up as you. Owen and got the nose and everything else. Have Have you been Greatest hearing from my life? Have you been hearing from fans, uh, you know, that maybe have watched the network and have seen that, like maybe people that didn't see it or people that have remembered that have, that have hit you up? I mean, what's kind of been the response since the, since I the network heard started? Very, I haven't heard. I just got, I think, a couple of tweets that said, uh, you know, you caught you on the network and things of that nature. But I haven't really heard anyone who didn't know me or anything saying who are you or anything like that. Right. But um. But yeah, it's pretty interesting that 15 minutes seems to, you know, that it's still going today. It's, I'm just so blessed to have been part of that segment. You know, there I'm really lucky and I'm grateful for that, you know, that spot I got. Yeah, that was that was tremendous. How much of that? Uh, and I don't think we got into like the fine details of that. But let's let's jump into that for just a moment. How much of that? I mean, did they did they script you like line for line, or were you kind of able to wing it a little bit with that? Oh, it's funny with that one. Uh, Russo was writing it just almost the day the day of. He was writing the lines. Funny, I was supposed to be uh, um, the interviewer. They were going to be dressed up. I was going to impersonate the other guys while they were dressed up. And China didn't want to do Owen, so last minute they changed me to, into Owen. So then now I had to write the whole thing over again. And so I was backstage with Russo, but I did help him with a few of the lines. He was writing most of them, but I was coming up with them and helping him. Like, there is, he's like, we need one. We need one more. We need one more at the end. And I was like, uh, he's like, no, no, we need something big to end it off. And I'm like, ah, ah, his nose is so big. That's why he can smell what the rock's cooking. Okay, brilliant, Jason, brilliant. And so, like, uh, it's kind of like we wrote it. Uh, I will say that I helped Vince Russo write the parody. But definitely, Russo was the writer of that. That guy got a lot of crap. Was he easy to work with in, in the interactions you've had with him? Oh, he was such a great guy. Like, he had so much pressure and everybody coming to him. And, he, like, everything was on his shoulders at some times, it seemed. But it honestly, like, he was, he, he handled it well. He, like, his writing was amazing. That Like, you can't deny the fame of the Attitude Era. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. he was a great guy to work with. I was blessed. And I don't know 
honestly, I don't know if I would have gotten the opportunity if Vince Russo wasn't writing the Attitude Era at the time. Right. How did now? Was it was it um, you know in, in terms of that segment though? When you're talking about you were going to interview these guys and whatnot, so was he the one that says, "Hey, I want Jason to be part of this," or who kind of who kind of put this whole thing together? Like the initial idea to bring you in as part of it at all? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was Vince Russo. Uh, when I uh, Carl DeMarco, of course, Owen Hart opened the door for me. Yeah. And and then I met Carl DeMarco, and he introduced me to Vince McMahon, and then. When Vince McMahon went back and uh, I guess told Vince Russo, there's this impersonator. Vince Russo called me right away. Oh wow! And he want and he wanted to hear all the voices. And he told me how <laughs> brilliant it was. And then he said, "We're we like this is your whole new career. Like, you know, hang on tight because we're gonna run with this." And like he didn't lie. Like he was the one pushing for me to be part of the DX parodies and things of that nature. So really I owe a lot to Vince Russo. Wow. Wow. Did, oh. did was Owen Hart his favorite or, or did he have another favorite? Um, so, Oh, for Russo. Yeah. What like, was what, for me to, yeah. What was for his, me to impersonate Owen? Yeah. What was his favorite voice? What, what did he like? Was was, Owen his yeah. Favorite? It was definitely Owen. Yeah. And that's what it got. Owen got everyone's attention because it, Everyone loved him so much, and it wasn't a voice that most people impersonate. So, yeah, that, that voice definitely got me most attention. Nice. God rest his soul, Owen Hart. I know, man. I was, I, you know, I, did you see, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, you're in Canada. You don't have access to the network. But they just did WrestleMania 10 as part of the WrestleMania rewind with Brett and Owen as the oh, focal cool. point. It was a nice documentary yeah. style talking about the buildup. I'll tell you what, Jason, oh, wow. I, I know you're a big fan of the hearts and stuff like that. That, that storyline yeah. between Brett and Owen was freaking tremendous. The two of yeah. those guys that, you know, started around uh, survivor series 93 and went all through 94. I mean, that dude, that was amazing. Yeah, I agree. I was like popped. I was a huge fan then. And I marked out huge for the whole thing. It was it was a great time. It was, and you know, having brothers, like it brought that out so much. You know, having older brother and younger brother, you know, there was so much of that between brothers of who's better and I'm better because I'm older and, you know, so I don't know. So many fans could relate to that, but uh, it was also two of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, working together and, uh, you know, they made magic. Oh yeah, no no doubt. And there was something, Jason. I actually noticed. I don't know if you noticed this, noticed this either, Chris, but. Watching back now as as an adult, uh, some of that build up the promos, like when they got back together around Christmas time, right before the Rumble, mm-hmm. when they were cutting that promo about how you know we're united, we stand, divided, we fall, and all this stuff. Like I could notice when Brett was kind of closing out the promo, you can kind of tell in Owen's eyes that he was kind of like you know hinting towards a couple of other things, like you know Brett's talking about how I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that, but it seemed like you know you're still kind of keeping the 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 uh, the theme of teamwork. And Owen was just kind of giving these subtle little looks to him. And I encourage both of you guys, if you don't remember this, to go back and look at this. But he's kind of giving these uh-huh. eyes, you know, like just something in his eyes is very small, very subtle. But I could tell, like, he's hinting something here. And then, of course, the rumble when he kicks the leg was just, oh, man. I'm- oh, yeah. Yeah. After the t- yeah. After the tag match. <laughs> and that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. <laughs> You're too damn selfish. <laughs> you only care about yourself. No, Why great. didn't you tag me, Brad? I it was fair. All you had to do was tag me. 
<laughs> oh man, I love that stuff. I oh, love that but, stuff. By the yeah, way, the, I was gonna say the best part of that is they're like they're, Brett's selling the injury and he's hobbling out of there, and they got Owen up on the giant screen, right in front of cutting, him, right in front of him. He's just screaming, his promo. He's screaming at him. And Todd Pettengill, Todd Pettengill looks so disgusted. He's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> My favorite Owen promo, though, well, I got to say, number one is the Slammy Awards, the second Slammy win. Oh, yeah. But one of my favorites was after the Survivor Series where he got Helen to the heart to throw in the towel, and he was, ran back. That that childlike, uh, the, the, the soul, the child in his soul came out in his eyes so much during that whole promo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brett, I did it. You're a loser. I'm a winner. I'm a king. And he just wouldn't stop. Woo, I'm better than you, Brett. Bob Backlund won, and that means I'm better. Woo! It was just one, that was one of my funniest and favorite Owen Hart promos. Yeah, I, I think back of that year, 94, and I could watch those those uh, couple of matches between those two. The SummerSlam 94 cage match where you got Bulldog and Neidhart. You know, climbing the oh, cage yeah. and all that. Oh, it's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was great stuff. Great stuff. Loved very, it. Very good. Very good. Um, uh, I, was, uh, I just want to get back to one thing. Like we were talking about how people helped me and put me over. Yes. Um, it, was at, it was towards the end of my career. Now, I'm in Memphis, and um, it's my, the end of my contract is running out. And it's coming, and I'm, I'm managing these, you know, Shawn Michaels students, and uh, trying to work an angle there, but it seems that the office was against me, and it seems like to me like eh, I'm on my last legs here, you know. Like uh, basically, it felt like they kind of sent me here just to end out the contract. Right. So um, the agents were coming to the school to watch us put a perform and put on matches. They were coming to scout. So we had Bruce Pritchard and guys of that nature fly in from Connecticut. And we were just going over who's going to work with who. And at the time, I was bugging Thrasher a lot. I was kind of pissing him off a lot to the boys because I'd learned his impression. Right. And he, he was kind of a locker room leader, so I was, I was bugging him. I was like, I would do his impression of the boys, and he was getting laughed at. And he was starting to get to him. Hey, guys, what are you doing? Put, put up the ring. Take down the ring. Come on. Wait on you two. Wait on you two. Come on, spankings, you say. She move your ass. <laughs> And, you know, but they'd be like, but why don't you move your fucking ass? Tell us what to do. Shit, like, fucking get your Wendy's. And I was just always joking around. So, so on this day, he was like, he came to me so nice, but I could see behind his eye, he was going to kick my fucking ass. And he said, <laughs> and he said, Jason, we're going to work together. Don't worry, Jason. You and I are going to, and he's like, I could see he wanted, this was his chance now. And uh, Daniel Bryan walked up and cut us off. And oh, he was wow. like, I'm working. He said, I'm working with Jason. And we hadn't talked about anything. And Thrasher was like, no, we're putting together a match right now. And Daniel Bryan's like, nope, uh, I'm working with Jason. Come on, <laughs> Jay. No offense. And he saved me from that moment. I'm like, why are you saving me from this? And he's like, not just to save you, but also because I think you're good. I've seen you do the roles. I've seen you working. And I don't think anyone here respects you, and I want them to. So um, let's work a match. Just follow me. And at the end of this match, if you can stick with me, you'll get some damn respect here, and they'll stop thinking of you the way they think of you. 
and he did. He put me over so huge. I had to stay toe-to-toe with him. Like, I couldn't breathe when it was over. Right. But he made me look so good to where uh, Pritchard's eyes were in shock that I could even work a match. And I owe that to Dan. He put me over, too. And it was just, he made me look like a million bucks. And I think uh, the next few months on my contract was thanks to Daniel Bryan. Wow, dude. I tell you Holy what, we just cow. talked about you chanting, yes, yes, yes. Here's how WrestleMania ends. Daniel Bryan standing tall with a title. Here comes Jason with a chair. Whack! He wants his rematch. <laughs> I, I beat you, Daniel Bryan. I pinned you. <laughs> that would be that, that would, be, would something. be something. Oh yeah, wow! Another dream come great. true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look. I know we agreed to a half hour, so I, I don't want to hold you up. Let's uh, real quick uh, before we go, uh, plug. You know, as far as your Twitter, where can people find you? And again, plug where you're going to be tonight. Maybe we got some people. We're here worldwide, so maybe we got some people listening up there in Canada. Tell us uh, everything that we need to know about getting to Jason Sensation. Oh, that's great. Uh, and especially because uh, I think just at the end of last year, I, you know, with depression and stuff, sometimes I don't just want to hide in the corner. I want to hide in the corner away from the world on the social media as well. Yeah. So uh, my Twitter, I deactivated it, and I guess I was one day late, and I lost my entire account. I lost all my followers. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, it just sucked. My whole account and everything. So I got it back up now, so... And followers, please, more than welcome. I'm at, at Jason Sensation X on Twitter. Please follow me. Yes, let's and, hold that uh, thing up. Absolutely. I followed I followed him. Let's hulk it up, brother. No more depression. <laughs> impression, enough is enough. Man. Impression. <laughs> <laughs> and and one and, and one more time, and, where where are you tonight? And yes, so tonight we're at the uh, Little Montreal in Sudbury, Ontario. So, okay. and we're doing two shows at 6:30 and 8:30. Mix in front of me right now, signing autographs and selling some T-shirts here. So, please come on out, meet Mix. He's doing a meet and greet right now. And uh, if you're hearing this and you're in the area, um, it's more than worth it to swing by. Very cool. Well, uh, when when you get a chance to uh, to see Mick again, and, and when he's not busy, tell him that the shoot says hello. Absolutely. Absolutely, will do. Jason, so, thank you so much for your time. I have much hashtag Jason appreciation for chatting with you. I wish you oh, all the luck tonight, you. all the luck in Thanks the future. Lot, and don't be a stranger, brother. We'll get you back on soon, and we'll chat again, okay? Thanks. You guys are always so gracious. I really appreciate it, Gary. All the best. God bless. And uh, pleasure to meet you on there, Chris. You too, Jason. Take care, man. Take care, brother. Have Thanks, a good night guys. tonight, man. Thanks a lot. You too. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Jason. <laughs> Woo! Take care. Woo!